Welcome back to Movie Reviews Podcast. This is your host, Chris, here with Ro. And I'm here, uh, Ro's here to talk about, I'm here to listen uh, and, and ask questions and be the general uh, pain in the ass I can be sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, to talk about Guy Ritchie's, the, the fact that they put Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, not The Covenant. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Come on. Guy you Ritchie's The Covenant. That. Follows U.S. Army Sergeant uh, John Kinley and Af- uh, Afghan interpreter Ahmed. That's the that is the worst. I always say this every now and then. That is the worst synopsis on IMDb because it's just that's all it is. It's directed by okay. Guy yeah, I got a synopsis that actually makes sense. Okay. After a, after an ambush, an Afghan interpreter named Ahmed goes through an insane number of efforts to save the life of U.S. Army Sergeant. John Kenley, played by Jake Gyllenhaal's wife. Um, and Kenley gets sent back home. When he gets better, he realizes that Ahmed and his family were not given safe passage under the agreement that we made with Afghan people to get interpreters. And he now has an, a massive price on his head and the Taliban is hunting for him and he's had to go underground with his wife who just had a baby. That's what this movie is about. And John decides that he's not going to wait for the U.S. to keep their promise. He's going to look at his boy. And um, I don't miss Guy Ritchie movies. I think we've all established that, that I will at least give it a one watch. And uh, I felt like this is a departure for what he does. It's a war movie. It's a wartime story. It's not necessarily a war movie because of the way that it is focused on the primary actors um, and Ahmed is played by Dar Salim. And if you have never seen him in anything, I strongly, strongly suggest that you you do something for yourself and change that because he is a brilliant actor. And um, I did not realize how good he is, but he, he has that kind of subtle, really settled energy that lets you just get folded in. And the more and more that you watch him, the crazier it seems like he is. But um, the movie is a look back at the U.S.'s uh, occupation of Afghanistan after 9-11, where we were saying that we went there um, on the hunt for the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and other people. And Richie wrote this with Ivan Atkinson and Mar Davies, who are his frequent co-writing partners. And they did a a smart job of letting the story sit center stage and then letting all of the things that go into the political arena around how we engage in war all over the world just kind of sit as the backdrop drop and just kind of unfold naturally. So it's intense. It's got, um, it's got, buddy energy, but it's not a buddy comedy. And they do something really, really interesting that you don't get in movies like, as far as I'm concerned, in like The American Sniper and The Lone Survivor, which feel very much like they're pro-US, pro-military propaganda stories. And maybe that's because this is made by someone who is not from the US and they may not be objective, but they definitely are able to look at this from the viewpoint of, you know, what did we think about and how do we not really think about how we engage in war and what we do and whose interests do we serve? So 
um, I'm going to just say, when I looked up stuff about the Afghan region, I didn't realize that where we were actually going over there to fight is dead ass the unconquerable country. Like people have been trying to conquer that place and, and that uh, since Constantinople. And they give you a really good overview uh, visually of what the landscape looks like and what moving around is. And it feels really rooted and grounded. But this movie really kind of holds the, in the center with Jake Gyllenhaal and um, I don't know why I can't keep remembering his name with Dar Salim. And everybody else kind of rotates around the two of them. And they really smartly build up that 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 relationship because you get a good sense of Jake Gyllenhaal as a sergeant. He runs a team. Um, their job is to go out and investigate and look at sites to see if they can find um, IED factories. Um, they're not just looking for bombs. They're looking for places where they're making the bombs and where they're storing the weapons. And uh, Ahmed has an interesting backstory that isn't the one that you would typically think that he would be someone who would take the U.S. up on their offer of uh, special visas to come to the United States for them and their family if they agreed to interpret for the people. Uh, it's got a strong ensemble class. You probably won't recognize too many of the faces. But the faces that you do recognize, uh, you're going to be slightly disappointed that they don't get utilized more just because they're cool actors like Alexander Ludwig is in here. Um, Anthony Starr is in here. And when you see who he plays, it's 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 a slick bit of acting. But they, they like you, there's 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 firefights, there's bombings, um, there's a lot of people who die in a short period of time at two very intense different points of the scene. And if you've watched Guy Ritchie movies, you know how he likes to do a certain kind of style of banter. You know how he likes to utilize um, his male ensembles. This one seems to be like the the final exam for a lot of the test movies where he's done certain styles. A lot of the things that he does where he plays around with more than slightly offensive jokes that you don't have that here, but you do get that the kind of the rapid fire banter between the people. I was gonna ask if I was gonna ask if it if it, if it fell into a typical because it keeps saying Guy Ritchie's the covenant. I'm like, well, does it? It seems like something that's not typical for Guy Ritchie. At least that from the last few seven movies he's done. Uh, it's like he had control of the pace. Like you don't get that like. That shaky cam plus rush, 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 rush. But that's the so only reason why you it's, say it's Guy Ritchie's thing because that's that's Guy Ritchie's thing, though. That's why I go to. Guy, I'm not saying I wouldn't see but, this, but I'm just saying that's that's, that's the Guy Ritchie. But you know how it annoyed you how they used it in that King Arthur movie with Hunnam, but it works how they did it in The Gentleman. Well, yeah, that's because he shouldn't have done the. the, the that's because he shouldn't. One, we, one, Charlie Hamlin can't hunt him. We are only talking thematically and structurally. Well, we are not talking about that narrative mess. We are simply talking about. The things that are no, signature I, I, guy I, I, Richie. Yeah, I understand. I understand what you're getting. I understand what you're getting. You're, you're, okay. Valid point. Valid so point. He, yeah. So I feel like when he pulls out the things that are signature for Guy Ritchie, like the close up on the camera, the the overhead uh, uh, shot, the 180 turns, uh, the 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 quick pace and the move, the in and then the slow down to the sarcasm. He all of those pieces fit. And work really well, and it kind of 
it it 100% feels like a Guy Ritchie movie, but for a couple of times, you keep getting startled because it also feels like it works as a wartime story. And that feels very much not like it should be in his wheelhouse. This is a straight up drama. He's not trying to play it for jokes. He's not playing for sarcasm. There's a whole scene in here where Jake Gyllenhaal completely unravels in the most uh, relatable way for anybody who's ever had to sit on hold. And it works. But then it also turns around and he takes all of that same kind of energy where he's like, I owe this man my life. I can't walk away from this. I have a debt I have to pay. And he goes to somebody who owes him and he looks him in his face and says, pay your damn debt. And it is intense. It is real. It's wholly and completely unrealistic because clearly you're dealing with military and that wouldn't happen. So they take some liberties. But you also have to remember, this stuff really happened to people. As far as I know, this is not based on a real, a true story, like, to wit. But it's definitely a composite of how Afghan interpreters were treated in the country. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, do you remember what the reports were that were coming out of uh, Afghanistan after the Taliban took everything back over after we left? Yeah, no, absolutely. 300 people who had worked with the U.S. who were not evacuated but had been promised special visas were murdered because we'd left them. So the urgency, the stakes, they're legit. But the journey that they take you on of how you get to this idea of how their relationship builds and then what it takes to save this U.S. sergeant's life and and the different perspective that you get on why he would choose to do what he's doing and the different perspective on who's the enemy. Like, I'm, you know, all of those things are really subtle and very nuanced. It's not perfect. And it's still, and some of the negative is you're like, well, it's still a Guy Ritchie movie, right? Mm -hmm. So some of the ways that he wants to put together his action sequences, you're just like, that shit would never happen that way. But you don't care. Like when you're watching the movie, it very works thematically. And, and, but and yeah, and he doesn't get heavy handed with it thematically. And yeah, but, but I was pleasantly surprised, Chris. Hmm. Interesting. Like, I was like, really? He pulled it off? Really? He pulled off a whole ass drama. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it looks good. It's it 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 the soundtrack. There's sometimes in here where the songs that they use, I was like, "Are you just trying to make a bitch cry?" Because I'm appreciate this. Um, but yeah, the score and the soundtrack they kind of nestle well together. It's it 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 it's put in the way I feel like it should be, and the urgency lets you hold it all together cohesively. And I really don't know if you could ask much more. I don't I don't think I think mileage is, may vary for some people, especially if like Guy Ritchie's not necessarily your bag. Although if he's not, why are you there? Um Yeah, I feel like this is one of those directors Guy Ritchie's one of those directors like you're either in your out already. You already know. Right. I'm with you. I yeah. usually will see a Guy Ritchie film. That's why, you know, he'll get me on things and, you know, I'll watch some things and I'm like, motherfucker, why would you do this to, to King Arthur? And then I then I think I, I got to go back and listen to that review, but I'm pretty sure 
I blame some of that also on Charlie Hunnam because I just he can't act for shit. So there's that. Well, he can, but only in limited capacity, and people yeah. keep trying to stretch his range. And yeah, it's just, mm, 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 there's no more. There's no more. There's no more. Like he was, you know, perfect. His limit is Sons of Anarchy and um, uh, Pacific Rim, the first Pacific Rim. That's it. And the gentleman, I still liked him in the gentleman. You're right, and the gentleman. You're right. I forgot. I forgot about that. That is. Because I also feel like that I feel like the gentleman just falls in between the two ranges of. Uh, <laughs> of, of <laughs> Fair um, enough. You know what? That, that's a legit. That's a legit interpretation. So, I will give you that. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like that. But when we've established this, and we we established with that. That's the range. That is his range. Yeah. That's that's it. <laughs> there's no there's no elastic. That there's no stretch in those pants. Just well, maybe. Well, wait, well maybe I could. No, that's not. That's not for you. Those pants are not for you. Let's just go over. Go over here. That's, yeah. Mm-mm. You you know where your pants are. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. But Jake Gyllenhaal brings something to this movie that, if I'm being honest, is a big part of why I think it works. Yeah. Like, there there are other people who are faces that you're going to see. It's like if you saw his movie earlier this year, what was it? Operation, what's going to call it? Um, that is more the typical standard Guy Ritchie Fair movie that people are expecting. It's a spy, you know, spy games heist goes wrong. You've got all the banner. You've got the off-color jokes. Uh, you've got Jason Statham in a movie. You're just like, why? Uh, <laughs> you know, Aubrey Plaza, Josh Hartnett, Hugh Grant. That movie is the movie where you get the, pro- the typical um, Guy Ritchie ensemble. So... To see him take some of the things that you really only kind of thought worked in that hijink kind of environment and him be able to dial it in enough and restrain himself enough to put together a meaningful story about brotherhood, I didn't know he had it in him. I truly, I never would have looked at him for that. And now he's raised the bar in a way that he may not have wanted to. Cause now he got, I got standards. Now, now I got standards. I got expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put hardwood floors in this house, fool. Not letting you go back to laminate. What you doing? But uh, are you laughing at me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, what I do? No, but it, yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised, and 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 um, it the nose plays, and I and I didn't think it would, but you know, you said it on a previous podcast. It's been really difficult for us to to sync up what we're all going to go see because they're not necessarily putting all the screeners on nights that everybody can get to uniformly. And I had to make a choice. And when I first said I was going to go to the covenant over some of the other stuff that's playing, I thought maybe I made a bad choice, but I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I stayed engaged from beginning to end. Um, What's the runtime on this bad boy? I don't remember. Like just over two hours. Like two hours yeah, three it didn't. Like that. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like two hours. And there's one part of this movie that's deliberately laborious, like when he's traveling from where they get stranded to where they have to go back to. It is a whole journey, and they take you straight forward all the way through the whole journey. And even with that being kind of a labor-intensive part of the second act. I didn't feel like I needed to be looking at my watch. I didn't check out. I was I was fully engaged. I kept going. I'm like, they're not gonna make it. They're gonna die. It was slightly stressful. 
it was rudely stressful. But yeah, and there's only a couple of times where they like they do the you know he's fond of the loop back flat um you know loop back replay reveal type thing. He only does it once. He doesn't he doesn't you know overdo it. It was unnecessary as far as I was concerned in this movie, but I can understand why you would because it's from a different perspective. But yeah, no, all the pieces work. The narrative flowed. Um, it's it's visually engaging. The soundtrack is good, and he dialed in in a way that I didn't think he had in him. So this is a solid, this is a solid movie for me. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I thought it would. It's like, I don't know what this translates to on 10, but in my notes, I put three out of five. What would that be on a scale of 10? Oh, I don't know. You, you tell me. How are you going to sit there and say, <laughs> like, you know what we do for the scale? What the, what the hell? What would that be on a... Do my math, Chris. You, you tell do me. What do, what, what, do, what do you want out of 10? What the hell are we doing here? Shut up. It's a 7. Okay. You do my math for me. I mean... Uh, okay. nah, nah, nah. You know what our scale is. I don't care what them other people's <laughs> scales are. We do 10. 1 out of 10. Look, this is I don't know why I did it out of five in my notes. I put three out of five, and then I was like, my notes, and I had this whole page of notes, and I got home and I was like, how the fuck is that gonna translate? Why would I do that? I don't know why I did that, man, but I did. Shut up. But yeah, I mean, leave me alone. Uh, I this this is the the only thing the only person, if I'm honest, in this whole movie that felt like they were playing a Guy Ritchie character in a Guy Ritchie movie with Anthony Starr. And oh, that Anthony was Starr's in there? But I think it's... Huh? Anthony Starr's Yeah, in Homelander. Is yeah, in I was going to say, well, I mean, that's probably why, because it's... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> motherfucker, you, you Homelander from now on. You can't do anything else. Plus, we told them, we yeah. told them report out of, what was it, Argentina or Brazil or wherever, where he's actually being an asshole. So it's like... Yeah, you, know, you homeland yeah. for now one like you. Yeah, you that slight cast. dickish edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was awful. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm mm-hmm. like, is that Anthony Starr? Also, I know he's and short as shit too. Because does he wear lifts to be Homelander? So as long as he also know he's yeah. short too. So now he got that yeah. Tom Cruise in, uh, Napoleon complex energy too. So I'm like, yeah, nah, dude, yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So he's the only one who slightly stuck out as not necessarily remembering that this is a drama and not the usual slapstick that is Guy Ritchie. But if you are in the mood for kind of more of the the usual slapstick ensemble, um, you know, wink and a nod, Guy Ritchie movie, Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, is available on streaming now. And um, it's, 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 it was fun. It was just stupid. It was, I had a good time with it, but you can't overinvest in it. It was, it's a, it's a solid like six for me. But that's mostly because I give a lot of grace to Guy Ritchie when he's in his I'm being a dumbass bag, which is probably and I saw it right before I went to see this movie. So it was very interesting to see the two different directions and places that his head was in. Um, And I think because Operation Fortune doesn't all the way gel on any level together, I was that much more surprised at like you took him out of his lane and the covenant worked at least it did for me so um i mean if you're in the mood for a guy richie 2023 night mm. hit yeah. up the covenant and then watch Oxford operation fortune i i mean one's more straightforward the other is standard 
Guy Ritchie twists and turns and ridiculousness, but I enjoy them both. Well, there you go. But yeah, the Covenant drops tomorrow, April twenty yeah. first, I believe. Yeah. In theater. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, there you guys have it. Uh, the Covenant. Uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Um, again, you can uh, check out the rest of our reviews, movie trailer reviews, uh, or NPN Network.net. Search for movie trailer reviews on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. Uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Uh, I, just I hate you so much. You're just I don't, never going to stop with, saying it that do, way, are you? They don't do it with any of the other fucking movies. Why are they doing it? I just, it just, that just. I didn't realize until I looked at IMDb that's bigger. Now they got to put that in the title of the show. Anyway, um, yeah, make sure you guys subscribe, and we'll be back soon with more movies to talk about. So, again, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.